Well, hello, friends. This is Pastor Frank, and you're listening to Grace Radio. And I'm here with my partner, a friend Ray. He he's really great. He's like a great theologian, and oh, yeah. he straightens Absolutely. me. Absolutely, yep. Okay. He straightens me out all the time. He's right there. He's got his pencil and paper. And when I make mistakes, he takes note of it, <laughs> and then he tries to straighten me out as time goes by. But here we are anyway. That's not important to mention to you. And uh, we love you, and we're so grateful to share God's love with you, the most important thing of all. Last time we were together, Ray, we had a little interview with um, with Sydney, a 16-year-old spiritual giant. She went away with a group of young people out in Pennsylvania somewhere, and she shared with her a great time that they had sharing the gospel. She and others, friends like her, were out there sharing the gospel of God's love with everybody they could. And uh, I, I did enjoy having her on the broadcast because she's so good and so committed to being the Christian that God has called her to be. So that was a good broadcast like last week. But we're getting back to where we started a couple of weeks ago, I guess. It was a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about Exodus chapter 3 in the Old Testament here on Grace Radio. And by the way, we're so happy when you come. And don't forget, don't hesitate to be in touch with us. What we do here is, is share with you many of our experiences. And one experience that we haven't shared too much at all lately is is prison ministry. Um, but we do bring it up once in a while, the great things that God has done in the prison system. And I did work there as a chaplain for the state of Massachusetts, and it was a great experience for me. I learned so much. And Ray, my partner, is always there to back me up with all of these things. And as I said, he always likes to correct me when I make so many blunders. So we're glad you're with us, and we're going to get back to this story of Moses in the book of Exodus. And it's a great place to be sharing from because it's a great story. Uh, Of course, it goes way back in time in the book of Exodus, which is the second book in the Bible. But what history, what stories, it's exciting. You know, some people are afraid to get into the Old Testament, especially because they will say that they don't understand it. But you're being deceived. The stories are great. And you can always find the Lord Jesus Christ in the Bible, whether it be Old Testament or New Testament, he's there. And one thing I'll bring it to your attention before Ray shares some scripture with us, and it's this. I have a notation on it because I was looking at it earlier. We were talking, last time we were talking about theophanies, and God has revealed himself, Jesus has revealed himself in the Old Testament as the angel of the Lord. And that's really God because wherever Jesus manifests himself or reveals himself, Uh, Jesus is God the Son. So God has shown himself in different ways throughout history. And one way here in the book of Exodus is when Jesus appeared as an angel of the Lord. And here in Exodus 3, as we did begin earlier to share, 
is that the angel of the Lord appeared in the clouds at one place, and that's in Exodus chapter 13. I won't get into all the references right now. It'll take too much time. But the angel of the Lord also appeared in Genesis 15 uh, with fire and smoke. He also appeared in the rainbow in Ezekiel chapter 1, and the angel of the Lord also appeared in thunder and lightning, and that's in Exodus chapter 19, and also in a whirlwind, the angel of the Lord appeared in Job chapter 38 and verse 1. We're not going to go through all of that right now. What we want to do is touch lightly here on chapter 3 of Exodus, and to bring you up to date, let me quickly say we did talk in Exodus 3 about the angel of the Lord appearing at the burning bush, and it was there to get the attention of Moses. Moses immediately could not miss the fact that there was a burning bush, and it was as it was burning, it would not go away. The burning bush was not consumed, but it did many things to get the attention of Moses because God wanted to talk to Moses. And first he would get his attention. We did speak, Ray, you may remember how that when God spoke to Moses, the angel of the Lord spoke to Moses out of the burning bush, uh, Moses took his sandals off. He must have been prostrate before the Lord, and they had a little conversation there, but I could understand where Moses was overwhelmed. Uh, hearing the voice of the Lord speaking to him. And that's where we're getting back to, really, in Exodus 3. But we won't talk about the burning bush because we're moving on a little way here um, to remind you of some things and bring us further into the story of God appearing, the angel of the Lord appearing, which we may many times refer to as a theophany, Many Bible scholars refer to teaching about the theophany. So we refer to it the, as the theophany. I think there's another theological word that some of the scholars use, but it really means the same thing. So God is showing himself to Moses. And then in this Exodus 3, uh, to quickly remind you, is that God wanted to bring his people, to deliver them from their slave masters, the, the Egyptians. The Israelites were slaves to the Egyptians, uh, and God wanted to come and set them free, and that's what he's going to do. And God wanted to keep his promise of delivering the Israelites from the slavery of the Egyptians and move on to a place to bring them to a land of good land, a land flowing with milk and honey. He wanted to deliver them from all the Pezzarites, you know, the Hittites, the Canaanites, the Amorites, and, and all those folks. Uh, it's a little easier to pronounce those <laughs> places rather than um, the way we live around here. It's not easy. We speak about Burlington. We speak about Woburn. We speak about... 
church names, but imagine talking about and referring to the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Hivites, the Pezzarites, and the Jebusites. Well, we're not going to talk about them. <laughs> we just did. <laughs> <laughs> we just did. Okay. Here in verse 9, Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel came to me. That's what God said. The angel of the Lord said out of the burning of the bush, the crying of the people, Israel, that God was burdened for and cared about. He said, I have seen the oppression of them with which the Egyptians oppress them. So come now, therefore, and I will send you. Who's he speaking to? He's speaking to Moses, right, Ray? Yes. I'm, I'm going to send you, Moses, to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Egypt, away from them, deliver them from slavery. But here's where it gets pretty interesting. In verse 11, we see that you shared the last time we were here, Ray, uh, you brought up the scripture that Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, I will certainly be with you, God said, and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you when you have brought the people out of Egypt you shall serve God on this mountain. Now, I'll ask you to read a few passages now, Moses, if you would, with us. I appreciate it. Um, you can read down as far as you like to, beginning in verse 13 here, folks. In Exodus chapter 3, beginning in verse 13, God will read, Moses, I mean, not Moses, but Ray, We'll read these passages up to he is inclined to stop, and then we can talk about a little bit. One little phrase here I'd like to really uh, magnify in the hearts of all who are listening, including us, Ray, that Moses said to God, who am I? Yep. I think that's an important phase, phrase because as we read on, God's going to say, I am, and I think there's a big story we can get out of this. You bet. Uh, we'll talk about it, but you could please read those passages. That'll be good. <coughs> when Moses, then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, you wait, I lost my place here. And then God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Moreover, God said to Moses, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, the Lord God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob appeared to me saying, I have surely visited you 
and seen what is done to you in Egypt. And I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, the Hizzites, the Amorites, the Perzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, to a land flowing with milk and honey. Wow. It's amazing. Thank you for that. But you know what comes to my mind here, just reading in a devotional kind of way, what an exciting book this is. And I don't know, would it be very often that we, or as Christians anywhere, would think of God's name as I am? I mean, that's an amazing But God's name is I am. Mm-hmm. And it always will be. It always has been. And then I thought about that one day when I was reading the Gospel of John. Do you realize how many times in the Old Testament, especially in that Gospel of John, Jesus said, I am? He said, I am the bread of light. I am the light of the world. So the name I am is exclusive for God. Jesus is the great I am with the Father being I am. I mean, that that really gets me going. It gets me all wound up. There's so much here to get excited about in this story. To think of God I am and Jesus I am as well. And throughout the New Testament, Jesus I am, God I am, and God I am right here in the Old Testament, right here in the book of of Exodus. So God revealed himself. Well, who sent me, Moses could say to God. Who am I? Are you, you sending me? And God says, I am, sends you. But I noticed, and it spoke to me in a devotional kind of way, where you might like to climb on that. Consider the personality of Moses. He had absolutely no self-confidence in himself. You really notice that, especially here in this chapter. So Moses said about himself, he said, Who am I, God, that you could send me to see and visit Pharaoh? Who am I? I mean, he didn't think well of himself at all. He had absolutely no confidence. In fact, he couldn't even speak well. Uh, he argued with God about, how am I going to speak to Pharaoh? I can't speak well. So God said, use your brother Aaron. But that's another story. The point is, you know, maybe we feel that way a lot. I, I've always had that issue with myself in terms of having confidence serving God. I would say to myself, but God, who am I? What do you want to use me for? Who am I? I don't know anything. But you know what? I think that refers to all of us, doesn't it, Ray? Who are we that God would want to use us? Well, I think sometimes that God, that's exactly what God uses. He uses the meek. Ah, good comment. He uses the people who are not prideful. That's right. Who knows their limitations and stuff like that. But again, we said it last week, Moses has to understand that God is with him. That's right. The I am. And you were talking about the I am, but the I am is the best name for God that you could give. That's true. I am the creator. I am the salvation. I am everything. There isn't anything 
that's going on that the I am can't solve. Wow. And when you think of those phrases that Jesus used, as I said earlier, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Think about that. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's just a reference back yeah. to what was said at the burning bush. Yeah. That's so God has been the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same. Yep. Yeah. No so. But Moses was timid, and I would be too. That's right. I, Of course. I don't have the confidence. If no. God came down to me and said in a burning bush or something like that, hey, you've got to go to Burlington, Mass. i got a, a group of people there that is not right with me. I want you to go and preach the gospel. Yeah. I'd say, Father, <laughs> is something wrong here? You're, you're sending the wrong person. <laughs> you know, you know right, I, mean? I get it, I get it. But then I would always have to remember that the Holy Spirit is with me. God is with me through the Holy Spirit. And that it won't be me he will give me the words to tell that group at Burlington Mass that That's they're right. doing wrong. That's right. If I could just get that through my head. That's right. And that's where Moses is having a problem right now. Mm-hmm. He's intimidated by what? And we have to, we've said it before, but we've got to realize that Pharaoh was out to kill Moses. That's right. <laughs> I mean, you know, right. so and God is sending Moses to Pharaoh. Hey, if he did that to me, I would question God myself. That's right. That's so right. I can see where Moses is coming from. But, you know, you said something that really, really speaks to me. It's very important, I think. You spoke about how he was afraid to talk to God, and he was afraid to serve God. Because he said, he made that remark, well, who am I? I can't. In other words, I can't do that. Who am I? He didn't think too well of himself in that context, did he? Mm -hmm. Uh, It was part of who Moses was. He was very meek. The Bible says he was meek. He was humble. Who am I? I can't do anything. I'm insecure. I don't know anything. I can't even talk a good language. But, you know, I thought about that when you brought it up that when you talk to many Christians to serve God somewhere, they talk just like Moses did. They'll say, no, I can't do that. I mean, even when I met you at first and I said, put you behind a microphone, you said, no, you know, your first reaction is, no, I can't do that. But that's a spirit of God and that's the spirit of strength in you that God was going to use you greatly as he has. But your first but you could tell me if I'm wrong here. But your first reaction was, oh, no, I can't do that. Oh, I didn't want to do it at all. There you go. No, I said, oh, Pastor Frank, you know, I'll do anything that you say, but no, I can't. I'm not good <laughs> enough to do that. I can't talk on it. Right. You know. But you realize it. how many Christians we talk to, and I know pastoring so many years over the years, I'd ask a, a Christian, you know, or suggest to them to do this or do that. And their response would be, oh, no, I can't do that. I, I can't be a good Sunday school teacher. I, I can't do any preach." It seems like many Christians respond the same way yeah. that Moses did. But is that a sign of weakness or a sign of strength? I don't know, Pastor, but I would say that that is one of the greatest 
signs of strength that you can have is to be humble. That's it. That's what I mean. To be meek. Yes. To say, hey, I can't do this without God's help. That's right. I I just can't do it. God is going to have to back me up in order to do it. It's just like all these books that are written by, you know, all the Moses and Paul and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Peter and James and mm-hmm. all the books are written. They're actually written by, by God. humble men. Yeah, by God, who used humble men. Exactly right. They were all humble men. Uh, and God used them to write this book, to put down the book of love for us that would That's save right. us. That's right. Wow, what a, what a truth there is in that. So if, if somebody comes to us and we make a suggestion of how someone could serve God because we see a quality in that person that could be very godly and good, and so we might suggest to them and say, well, why don't you do this? You've got a great quality there, a great talent, a great gift. God could use you greatly. And they give a reaction, oh, no, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. So then what can we tell them except that's a good thing? It's a good thing you're humble like that. That's right. Because exactly. God will use you. <laughs> exactly right. That's, that's, right. that's the whole. It's, let's come back to me when you first asked me to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, I really said no because I'm just not good enough. That's right. I don't know yeah. biblical scripture good enough. I can't carry on a conversation with a theologian or even with you, Pastor Frank. Uh, you, I can't do it. My biblical knowledge is not wide enough but if somebody like you will ask the question I'll give an opinion on any I got an opinion about everything <laughs> but it's a humble opinion yeah. it, it it doesn't mean that my yeah. opinion is is right that's right well you're absolutely right you are humble and because of your humility you can do a lot, and you have done a lot, and you are doing a lot serving God, and you know plenty about God and the Bible. And that's because you've been humbled. God came to you, and your life, and generally speaking, broke you down, and you came to know God. Uh, that's it. Me, too. I was very much the same way. And I still am. We don't have the confidence to think that we're great about anything. Oh, no. Let's take that some pastor that, that, like I was saying, said, Mm. well, will you teach a Sunday school in school, Mm. in my school? I'd say, you know, no. (laughs) No, no. I don't have that that knowledge uh, to do that. But then again, I would be passing up God. Right. I would be saying no to God. That's right. Because God wants to use you. Yeah. Exactly right. Uh, but it still, it takes a lot of courage to admit that you have a lack of knowledge about something. Yes, it does. It does. We it, have to be humble. Yeah, we've got to be humble. And There's a lots of sincerity in us when we say, no, I can't do that. I can't serve God that way. You know, it's a lack of confidence, we could say. But it's also saying that I don't have what it takes. And the truth of the matter is, we don't have what it takes. No, we don't. We do not. That is an excellent point. Uh, We do not have what it takes. I don't care if you're Billy Graham. That's right. Billy Graham does not have what it takes. That's right. Or didn't have what it takes. And God love him. Look at the people that he brought to Christ. That's so true. You know, but he didn't have what it takes. But God was with him. 
And that's the point. And, and if God calls us something, puts something on our heart that we think that God should have in the work of the ministry, it that might, first of all, that might be what God's way of saying, I'd like to use you, I'd like to use you. And mm-hmm. we keep denying that, but that's we say right. God needs somebody like that, but we might be the one that God wants. Yeah. Wow. And that's what he did with Moses. Moses could get angry. Right. Uh, Moses was very meek and stuff like that, but he could get angry. Remember, he killed yes. that, uh, that uh, Egyptian. Right. Yes. Uh, so he could he could get angry. Yep. He probably mm-hmm. said to himself, "No, I don't know this, and the Bible doesn't say it." But he probably said to himself, "Oh, I made a big mistake here." Mm. Yeah, that's true. You know that's what true. I'm saying? Uh, well, yeah, I wouldn't know. His, his anger. So mm. even if you're humble and you're meek or whatever, you can. St- Still get angry and do something that you shouldn't do. And so that's true. what it is with Christians. You know, I was talking, we yeah. were saying something you were saying about little Cindy. Yeah. And I was talking with her mother, Elizabeth, Sunday in church. Oh, yeah, that's right. You mean um, Elizabeth? Not, not Cindy. Uh, Sydney. Sydney. Sydney, Sydney, right. Yeah. Uh, I was talking with her mother, and her mother, like myself, she came to God. A little later in life and I came to God a little later in life and I was telling her that we may have a little bit of an advantage over people that have been in uh, Christianity all their life raised in it because we have done some of the things that probably people will condemn people for Right. So our judgment is not going to be as strong as the judgment of somebody who may have brought up in Christianity who has really not conquered judgment. Because when I see somebody do something that is probably against God, I don't first condemn them because maybe I've done the same thing in my life. That's right. So uh, it, it, we got we're, to we're not so perfect. We're not so perfect, and we understand right. coming to the Lord later on in life yeah. that we are not perfect. Right. We truly understand that it's by the grace of God. That's right. And you know what? Getting into all this, which is an amazing topic when you think about it, because I think all of us as Christians should relate to this. To some degree, because even being a Christian for a long time, many years, and I've had many experiences, and you've had a lot to go through in your life as well, I don't feel more confident now than I ever did. I'm still a beggar looking for God to help me. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. I don't yeah. think you'll ever. Right. I, I don't believe that a true Christian will ever think that He's got the knowledge that he needs. That's right. We're you know, never good enough. No, you're never good enough. You're never no. going to be good enough. And and the Bible says that. That's true. The Bible says we're evil. That's true. I and know. We, we have we have a fallen nature, and we can commit all the sins that anybody else can commit. That's right. Uh, but thank God he saved us, delivered us from that, and we don't want to do those sinful things that's anymore. True. But So God can do a miracle in our lives. But, but that's away from the point of what we're saying here is that, Our confidence has to be in God alone. Mm -hmm. Our assurance has to be in God alone. It's like I can't save myself. I can't earn my way to heaven. 
Uh, there's a lot of things I can't do. Only God can do it. And, and that's where we're at. And even serving God, we could never think we're good enough. No. We, even folks, sincere Christians, and I know some who are very, very strong Christian people that we can admire, but they may have everything they need in life before people that they can prove themselves to be great Christian people. Mm-hmm. And they may feel, and they could feel great about themselves because of what they do serving God. Now, I don't want to be misunderstood. It's good to feel good about yourself serving God. That's a great, good feeling that you could serve God and get something good back from it. But to rely upon your good works, your character, what people say, that you're a wonderful preacher, you got a great talent there, you got a great spiritual gift there, and all those wonderful things, that's not the bottom line of really, that, that's not really it. That's not going to get you anywhere. No. What, it, what we have to kind of watch, and I think you and I have talked about it on our broadcast before, that we have to watch as Christians and make sure that the persons or person that we're talking to understands that we're no better than they are. That's right. We may have uh, biblical knowledge or uh, whatever, but we're no better than they are. That's right. Uh, because right. a lot of people feel that I'm not good enough to come yes. to God. That's what everybody comes to. That's what I'm saying. So we got to tell them, yes, we are Christians. We happen to know uh, the love and the grace of God. That's for me, but it's also for you. I don't care what you've done. Amen. Grace, God's grace is on you. And he changes lives. He changed it in a heartbeat. Boy, it, isn't it great? It. You consider it when, when God touched you and changed your life. Uh, you have no desire or inclination to go back and do sinful things that maybe you did in the past. No. Because God changed your life. That's right. And the same with me. That's but right. we know at the same time, we, 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 what do we have? We don't have. We feel like Moses. Who am I, God? You know. It, yeah. So there's that paradox there. We, we're broken down, or we can be. <laughs> I don't want to sound like we're bragging about something here, but God breaks down a believer, mm-hmm. and then raises up a believer. But first, we're broken down from what we used to be, yeah. and then we're raised up to get to learn and know God better. And if we really know Christ as our Savior, we want to get into the Bible, know more about God, and so forth and so on. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of sort of like a paradox there. But that's reality, I think. It is. It's, that's the way it is. God, just because you come to Christianity, you go before the Lord and you say, yes, I believe you're my Lord and Savior. Right. That doesn't give you a bed of roses to lay no. on. No. That is quite probably might even be the opposite. That's true. But you've got a a more peaceful thing inside of you. Yeah. That you have the knowledge that God said, in this world you will have trepidations. That's right. But I have overcome the world. Yeah. Yeah. He has overcome the world. That we can think ahead and say, okay, I'm getting beat up today, something fierce. Right. But boy, look what I got coming to me. Right, right. And I think that that's what people have to 
have to think on. I know. And, and I don't, we do things sort of backwards. We don't mean anything by it. It's a good point from a human point of view. What I have to say would make sense, naturally speaking. When a Christian may want to get a job serving in the Christian church in one way or another, and if you want, let's say you want to be a pastor of a church, you have to have a resume. So what you want to do when you write up a resume is give yourself um, a good appearance in the letter so that whoever's reading it and somebody say, this guy has good qualities. Maybe he'd be a good preacher. We ought to think about hiring him because we want to hire a pastor. And This guy, he, look, he went to college. He went to a seminary. He served God in other churches. He's had success. Everybody speaks well of him. Maybe we ought to think about raising him up to be a pastor in our church. You know, that's going on all the time. Right? Absolutely. That's how they get pastors. Yeah. But God doesn't look at things like uh, that. He does not. What if Peter knocked on somebody? St. Peter, he gets back to the earth here, and he knocks on a church door. And someone opens the door and says, yes. Hello, my name is Peter. I, I am St. Peter, the one you read about in the Bible, and I'd like to ask you if I could be of service in your church. I can speak. I'd like to share the gospel, and God's done a lot of great things for me in my life. Well, how can you prove that to me? What's your rec- what's your background? What's Peter going to say? Well, I denied the Lord three times. <laughs> I cursed God a few times. I did this, and there's nothing good about his resume. Then throw him out. Yeah, that's right. It's like that old story about the Apostle Paul. He goes to the pastor and he says, hey, I'm applying for the pastoral ship here. Or he goes to the church and says, right. for the pastoral church here. No. Well, yeah, I killed Christians. Right. You know, he <laughs> That's goes, right. he yeah. goes off. That's uh, right. I mean, they throw them out. That's right. They don't want to hear that. Isn't that no strange? That's human nature for That's us. human nature. Yeah. yeah. But you have to have, indeed, there's, there's more to being a pastor. Oh, there's more to being a theologian in a church than just simply giving a sermon every Sunday. That's right. They have to have the qualifications. You, you really do. Uh, there is a lot more than just sermons. Uh, yes. They have so much to take care. They, uh, it's a tough job. To well, be a pastor is a tough, tough job. And what credit do you ever get? I know it. People will come up to you and say, well, I don't believe that. I don't yeah. think that's right. It, yeah. it just goes on and on. And oh, you, it is. You've it, got it, squabbles it, it, that you've got to take care so, of and oh, stuff so like true. that. So true. So yeah. true. I many experience, I know I'm not going to get into it, but there are many times I've been rejected by good, well-meaning people. Mm-hmm. I'd be rejected as a pastor because I made a mistake saying something or doing something I shouldn't have done. That's, that's what and I'm saying. Uh, yeah. Nobody, very few people, oh, boy, was that great. You did a great job today. Yeah, sure. Very yeah. few people are going to say that. I <laughs> But a lot of people are going to come up to you and say, yeah. oh, no, no, that's not so. Yeah. Uh, well, even if they do say that, Ray, <laughs> and I hear that from somebody trying to build me up, I'd walk away from that and they say, boy, they deceived. I don't think I did <laughs> no, such a great, no, I didn't right. do a great job. <laughs> yeah, but that's where the humbleness comes back. Yeah, okay. That's, that's where it is. That's right? good. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's amazing. Because the words that come out of your mouth is coming out of God <laughs> because God is the one that taught you what to say. All right, right. 
But you're right. You also touched on the fact that if we are going to be serving God, it doesn't mean we shouldn't be learned. We oh, need to get right. to that. We have to study the Bible. Yeah. We have to learn all those things and so that we, we do, can good. We do have to go to a theological school. We do. I mean, most of the time. That's right. Now, for salvation, you don't have to be a pastor for salvation. No. You don't have to go to church to be saved. You don't even have to, uh, you know, uh, go to any theological school or anything like that to be saved. That's right. None of that means anything. But when it comes to being a pastor or to being some leader in the church or something like that, yeah. You want to be equipped. That, that, exactly. It's like Paul was telling. I, now, I can't remember whether it was Timothy or James when he was going out to uh, get people to help him in the church. He said, well, you've got to be learned. You've got to know this. You've got to know that. I, that. I should have not even brought it up. I should have read it first before <laughs> I said it. But, yeah, uh, I think Paul told James that uh, uh, Timothy, when he was getting elders for the church or something, that they had to meet certain requirements. That's right, that's right. You know. They couldn't be living in sin outwardly. Exactly right. Because they had to be a good example to Christians and so forth and so on. But it's good you touch on that. We put a, put a balance in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, can't, you want to be used by God and maybe even called to the ministry. But let me tell you, you better, you better get educated a little bit and you better get to know the Bible before you can do those things because you don't want to make... Uh, remarks that might hurt somebody. Uh, exactly right. And that can turn people off more than anything. If you tell people, if you try to get too theological with them, I'm talking about a new person, just, yes. just inquiring about God and about Jesus. If you get too theological with them, you're going to lose them. That's true. It's got to be. scare them be, away. Yeah, you've got to be simple. Right. You've got to be simple and let them know that they're not a bad person in God's sight. That's right. That God does indeed love That's them. That's right. Right, and it doesn't mean th- that you're a better person or a better Christian because you've got a title called a minister no, or a pastor or an right. evangelist exactly or something. Right. That doesn't make a bit of difference how God sees us. That's right. Except for the fact that we have to work on it you know work the bible say find yourself approved you know be who you're supposed to be be a good if you're going to represent god be a good bible teacher learn about the ministry learn about what does it mean to be an evangelist and learn how to preach and all of that there's a place for that but it doesn't take away from what we were saying it begins with an honest humility we don't know anything. We can't do anything. It's like Moses said, who am I that you should send me to talk to Pharaoh? That's impossible. I can't do that. Yeah. And that's how many times we might feel, but that's the kind of people that God wants. That's right. And that's how we, God is also teaching us through Moses. Yes. That, that's how we should speak to people. That's true. To other ones, not to God, to other people. Right. We should say, I'm not good enough to really tell you this, but I'm going to tell you about the grace of God. Right, okay. I'm going to tell you about the love of God. Uh, There's nothing like it in the world, and I don't care what you've done in your past, because I probably have done it too. Right. 
But God still loves you, and it's like the prodigal son. The father will be running to you when you come home. Mm. Mm. So true. I think we all have to remember that three-word statement, who am I? Mm. In fact, let's title that for this broadcast. We'll call it Who Am I? So if somebody would like to hear this broadcast again or take notes on it or even criticize us, that's okay. Whatever you like to do, uh, you could still um, find us on Spotify, and you could find us here in the Burlington, Massachusetts area from wherever you're hearing it. You could be hearing us in Maine and New Hampshire because we're on regular Christian radio stations there. And uh, and we have, Ray, I'd like to mention quickly that many times we tell people who we are, and we're living here in the Burlington area of Massachusetts, and we're well acquainted with many of the Christian churches, especially Mount Hope is a church here in the Burlington area. And if you'd like to meet us, boy, we would like to meet you and, and give you a word of thanks for even hearing our broadcast and if you have something to say to us, we'd like to hear it. And if you need to criticize about us about something, we have to learn how to take it. But we'd love to hear from you if you have any questions or comments. And we have a small group um, where if you'd like to get into a small group and meet just a few people, and we could talk about the Bible and things like this, and then we invite you. How can people get to be with us somehow, Ray? How would you suggest it? Uh, through uh, either come into Mount Hope to see us or give them your email address and stuff like that that they Mm -hmm. can get in touch with us or off an anchor or Spotify they can get in touch with us yes and we'll we'll set it up for them you know yeah we'll work something out we'll answer any questions that people have yeah and if they want to a small group maybe we can get them in touch with a small group we we go to a couple of small groups yes yes that's right so we're uh, looking for people that's good i mean it's not like we're out here trying to 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 find a, a new job or a ministry i mean this is not a money thing Oh, we're not we're not selling any products. If it is, if it is, I'm going broke. <laughs> so am I. I don't even know if we have enough money to go out and get a cup of coffee sometimes. Uh, thank God for Dunkin' Donuts; they, they take good care of us. But but you're right. If you'd like to be in touch with us, please do get in touch with us. Now, I believe, Ray. I don't think I'm wrong, but I believe that on Spotify. There's a spot there where anybody could send us a message. Oh, sure. Right there on their computer. It'll come up on Spotify, and we'll get the message, and we'll get right back to you. We would love to talk to you. If you live in this uh, local area of Burlington, Massachusetts, uh, you can come to Mount Hope Church and just ask for us. We're right there. We're there every Sunday, especially. And there's two services on Sunday mornings, but you come to one of those services, ask for Ray or Frank, and we'll be right there for you. We'd love to talk to you and meet with you, and there's a little space there for coffee in the church building. We could sit right down and have a cup of coffee with you, or even take you out to lunch. We'll take you, if we have enough money, Ray, I don't know. (laughs) I'll give you an email address. Well, you know what, Ray, it's strange you mentioned that. I was speaking to my secretary today, Judy, mm-hmm. and I'm getting a new I'm getting a new computer tomorrow oh, okay. with a new 
email address. Oh, okay. So I don't have anything. All right. Uh, they could send it to me on Spotify channel. Yeah. Or if you have your email address, you like, if you invite someone to write to you, they will, if you want to. Yeah. You don't have to do that. Uh, but can't they get you at host at AGM Radio? No, okay. not, no, it's, not, it, it's no. gone. Oh, yeah. okay, uh, all be, right. Because we had to get a new computer. Just like our old mailing address is gone. Remember, we had a P.O. box to write to. That, that's gone. Um, but I suppose they could write to a personal mailbox I have, which is, what's my personal address? Is it number 15? What's the name of the street where I'm living on? Um, Barbara Circle. Yeah, that's it. You could write to me, Frank Tamilio, at 15 Barbara Circle in Burlington, Massachusetts, 01803. So there's different ways you can get to us. Uh, please try to, to Mount Hope, get in touch with Mount Hope and ask about me. They'll tell you how you can reach me or Ray, and we'll be very glad to... Uh, talk with you, share anything we could do that you think we could help you with. Uh, we'd be very glad. You need a good Christian book? You need to talk about getting a Bible or something? We could, we could help you along with those things. So please get in touch with us right here on the computer, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, yes, Ray, I see you're pointing at something. Uh, oh, no, I thought we wasn't recording, but we are. I'm sorry. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we're recording the broadcast, so. So people can certainly get in touch with us. Um, so we look forward to hearing from you, friends, and tell your friends about us if you like to hear some of the things we're sharing. Uh, we know we're we're on all over the world, and we're very happy to say that. Not because we deserve to be, but because of today's technology, uh, we can send uh, the word of God out in many different places. But. Get in touch with us, please, either here in the local area or get in touch with us through the computer with email or any other way you can reach us. And we'd be very glad to hear from you. We'll get back to you. And remember to keep up with our broadcast. This broadcast, we've been calling it, um, what do we call this broadcast? Um, Grace Radio. Or Amazing Grace is all right as well. Um, I've been talking speaking about my secretary, Ray, I've been talking about, you know, setting up new things here because things have changed. Uh, we used to do, and we had an address, we had radio stations that were going to different places. All of that has changed, and here we are again right here on this podcast. So we get a little confused sometimes, but now you know, friends, how you could be in touch with us. Please do, and uh, we'd love to talk to you and answer any questions you might have. Wow, we spent, we overextended our time. So until the next time, friends, God bless you, and please come back. We'd love to hear from you and have you to be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>